Hello, my name's Florence. Welcome to the OBS pod. I'm an NHS obstetrician, hoping to share some thoughts and experiences about my working life. Perhaps you enjoy Call the Midwife, maybe birth fascinates you, or you're simply curious about what exactly an obstetrician is. You might be pregnant and preparing for birth. Perhaps you work in maternity and want to know what makes your obstetric colleagues tick, or you want some fresh ideas and inspiration. Whichever of these is the case, and for that matter, anyone else that's interested, the OBSPOD is for you. Episode 79. Help. Some episodes, I just get a kind of rush to the head of ideas things that I think might be interesting. And today's episode is that example. I was actually busy writing something completely different and thinking about a much more complicated clinical topic. But for some reason, my energy wasn't in it. And I will come back to that topic because it's an important one. So I don't know why this week my energy is thinking about emergency situations and how we call for help. Partly, I think it's because with this podcast, I set out to try and demystify things. And I think some of what we do and how we ask for help and what women and families see when we do may be a bit odd and need some explanation. So here goes. The quickest way to summon help in a maternity unit is pulling the emergency buzzer. So every room has a call bell. If a woman's left on her own, so she knows how to call for help, how she can call for the midwife that's looking after her. But there's also a red button. And this is the emergency button. This may be pulled by the midwife if something eventful happens for which she suddenly needs extra assistance something unexpected that hasn't been anticipated. And if the midwife's got her hands full, she may ask the birth partner to actually push the button for her. The red button makes an immediate noise that's very different to the normal call bell. It's an urgent noise. And in my unit, used to be slightly similar to the sound of a siren. When you've worked somewhere a long time, you get very tuned to the noise of that buzzer. And when you hear it, you get an instant adrenaline surge. Your heart starts pounding. And when you drop whatever you're doing and look to see what's going on. In the old system of the emergency buzzer we had, it was quite infuriating because we would hear it go off and we wouldn't know exactly where it was. So our unit is designed in a square and you'd literally be looking down the corridors, down the length of the square and listening, trying to figure out where the sound was coming from. Often you'd see midwives at the end of the corridor beckoning, saying it's down here so that you'd know which way to run. And often staff do actually run. And I used to run. But maybe because I'm older maybe because I'm a bit more experienced, I tend not to run now 
Partly that's because other members of the team are running, but also because I know if I'm not running, I actually get there in better shape. I'm actually able to talk to people on arrival rather than being completely out of breath. And actually, it's given me just a few seconds to think through what might be happening. And this is partly because when the buzzer goes, you know which room it is. Our new buzzer is much more sophisticated. There's an LED display. And when the buzzer goes off, it lights up. It says emergency. Then it tells you which room number. It's slightly odd because you almost feel it should be the other way around because there's always that little moment of hesitation, probably only half a second, but which seems like an age where you're waiting for the word emergency to disappear and the word room 24 or room whatever to light up. So it's almost like you're poised to rush off. The noise is slightly different as well. And we had difficulty when the new emergency buzzer was installed because we didn't immediately respond to it in the same sort of Pavlovian response way that we did the previous one. It's taken us a little bit of time to adjust to the new sound. And now, sure as eggs are eggs, we have the same adrenaline rush and respond appropriately. Knowing which room the emergency is happening in tells you a bit about what it might be. For example, if it's a postnatal room, you're thinking, well, it could be a postnatal haemorrhage. It could be an eclamptic fit. It could be a neonatal resuscitation. But because it's the postnatal ward, it's not going to be a cord prolapse or a shoulder dystocia. So you've got some idea as you're going towards the emergency what the possibilities might be. Of course, on postnatal, actually the most common thing, particularly if it's in a postnatal toilet, is that someone's pulled the wrong button. Rather than pulling the light switch or the normal call bell for the midwife, a woman or partner has inadvertently set off the alarm. And that can cause problems because we may look up and see where it is and think, oh, we don't need to go because sometimes we'll rush around only to be immediately turned back. If the alarm goes off on antenatal, it might be a fetal bradycardia. It might be a cord prolapse. It might be a hemorrhage from a woman with placenta previa. There's a different set of differentials. It's not going to be a neonatal emergency. When the emergency buzzer sounds, usually... The bleep holder, the midwife in charge of the unit, the obstetric team, the anaesthetic doctors and anyone else who's free will respond. We've learned over time that it's really important to make sure it is only those people that respond. Otherwise you can get a situation in which the whole labour ward of staff abandon the woman they're looking after if they're not careful and rush off to help out. We mean well, but we may leave in our wake significant problems if the entire staffing disappears. Of course, the emergency buzzer 
relies on the fact that we're in the vicinity. We can hear the alarm going off and respond immediately. What if we're a little further afield? Well, for that, we have the bleep system. What is the bleep system? Well, I don't know if it's because we're the NHS, but we have a very antiquated way of communicating. You bleep someone, particularly if they're a junior doctor. The bleep is passed from person to person, so the number is the same. So, for example, for our obstetric registrar, it's always 318 because the bleep gets passed like a baton in a relay race. To bleep, you have to dial, in my trust, double seven, then the bleep number, then the extension that you're calling from. The bleep will then go off and the doctor holding it will have to look at it, look at the number and ring the extension number back. That's a problem. How long do you wait for the person to ring back? And what if someone rings on the extension number that you're waiting for a response on? That happens all the time and it's infuriating. You bleep, the phone rings, you pick it up expecting it to be the person you just bleeped and it's someone else and then you're desperately trying to get them off the phone so that you can actually wait to speak to the person that you tried to bleep because the person you bleeped is trying to get through and it's engaged. So they give up, get frustrated and you haven't managed to speak to the person you needed to. I have no idea why we're still using a bleep system. It's a very inefficient way of communicating. So, bleeping, not necessarily the best way of communicating in an emergency. Aha, but there's a thing called fast bleeping. A fast bleep is different. The fast bleep goes off with a slightly different set of tones and then the bleep talks to you. So the person at switchboard, their voice comes over the bleep and it says, for example, obstetric emergency in birth centre, room five. So you're not ringing back, you're not waiting for instructions or information, you're going off to the birth centre, room five. A fast bleep has a similar level of adrenaline rush as the emergency buzzer. Every morning around nine o'clock, the switchboard tests the bleep system. This goes something like, beep, 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 beep. Good morning, this is your test call. Please dial zero. And when you get that initial set of bleeps, your heart starts to race and then you look at your watch and you realise it's around 9 or 9.30 and you realise it must be the test call. There's always that brief moment before they say it's the test call. So every day, the system will be tested to make sure it works in event of an emergency. So if there is an emergency and we want to fast bleep the team, what do we do? In every hospital, the number that is the equivalent of dialing 999 within its walls is 2222. It's simple. It's straightforward. Staff know it's the same. 
in every hospital in the UK. 2222. Staff know how to call wherever they are. The key thing when you call is who do you want? Because there are different teams and you need to clearly specify which team you need. Otherwise, you're going to get the wrong set of people. After all, an adult cardiac arrest and neonatal are very different and you need very different sets of people and different skills. And yes, adult cardiac arrest 2222 is the same number used in the rest of the hospital as it is in maternity. However, actually in maternity, we would say maternal cardiac arrest. So when you pick up the phone and dial double two double two from maternity, in my trust, we have four possible teams you might call. One is the MOH call, massive obstetric hemorrhage call. This includes the obstetric, anaesthetic and midwifery team, but also alerts the blood transfusion lab, the haematologists. Then we have the obstetric emergency team. This will be the obstetricians, anaesthetists and midwives. This might be for an eclamptic fit or a shoulder dystocia. Then we have the neonatal emergency team. That will have the paediatricians and the neonatal nurses as well as the midwives. And this might be if a baby unexpectedly needs resuscitation. And then we have the maternal cardiac arrest team, which is the obstetricians, the anaesthetists, the midwives, the paediatricians and the adult cardiac arrest team from the main hospital. Fortunately, it's very rare for us to have to use that one. But this rarity causes its own problems. The adult cardiac arrest team are unfamiliar with maternity. We're in a separate building. And we've learnt that in the rare event that we do need the maternal cardiac arrest team, sending a support worker to hold the door, direct the team, tell them where to go, is really important for them to get to us in a timely way. They're not used to coming over to maternity. They're used to going to A&E. If there's a massive obstetric hemorrhage or a maternal cardiac arrest, the obstetric and anaesthetic consultants will be rung by switchboard. And this can be quite disconcerting. The switchboard can't tell you all the clinical information they can just tell you something's going down. There's a major emergency. If you're in the hospital, that's okay. But if you're at home, as well as then rushing in, you've also got to get on the phone and speak to someone who's actually there to try and figure out what's happening and give some directions while you're on your way. And it's crucial that switchboard are up to date with who's on call so they can call the right person. One of my colleagues had the very disconcerting experience of being rung 
to be told there was a maternal cardiac arrest when they weren't on call because a swap had taken place and we'd inadvertently not informed switchboard. With any of these emergencies, there's a structured approach. With many of them, it's as simple as ABC, the normal structured resuscitation, airway, breathing, circulation. It's simple and very useful in a crisis. When your adrenaline's through the roof, your heart's pounding and you can't think, you will keep that person safe if you stick to that. And the diagnosis and treatment of whatever is needed will gradually be revealed while you're sticking to your ABC. And it's an approach that all the members of the team are familiar with. We've all trained in that way. So we all know to do the same thing and regroup and use our ABC. If it's a more specific obstetric emergency, in the same way, we have a structured approach. We practice emergency skills and drills every year, year in, year out, however experienced we are. And so whether it's a shoulder dystocia or a cord prolapse, we'll click in immediately to what we need to do. Neonatal resuscitation is the same. All of us, regardless of whether we're paediatricians, anaesthetists, obstetricians, midwives, we all have to do neonatal resuscitation. And actually, neonatal resuscitation is quite simple. I always find that the main difficulty with neonatal resuscitation is the blinking machine that we have to use, the resuscitaire. It's the knobs and switches that baffle me. Once I've got the machine on and the baby in front of me, it's actually quite easy. You start by giving inflation breaths. With a baby, you don't have to worry too much about chest compressions. Initially, it's about getting the lungs open and the lungs going, and then the heart rate will respond accordingly. We used to have a wonderful teacher who did our training every year. And those first long inflation breaths are quite long because you're trying to aerate the lungs. And to make sure we held them for the right duration, she always used to make us say, one gin and tonic, two gin and tonics, three gin and tonics. And so every time I resuscitate a baby, Perhaps it's not great, the reference to alcohol, but that's what I've got going through my mind, keeping me calm, counting my gin and tonics. And most babies, if you stimulate them, dry them, and then do those inflation breaths, they'll be fine. And by that time, usually the neonatal team and the neonatal nurses have arrived and have taken over if the baby hasn't rallied round. I'm going to talk about some of the other obstetric emergencies in separate episodes because I think they deserve that. So I'm hoping that this episode is just giving you a little flavour of how we're set up and how we respond. For the zesty bit this week, if you're a member of maternity staff, then I want you to keep calm when you're calling 2222. Think who do you want before you pick up the phone, which team, and make sure you say where you are. I know people sometimes who've panicked, asked for the team but haven't specified where they are. 
Say, labour ward, room, whatever. Postnatal room, whatever. If you've pulled the emergency buzzer, then remember to keep talking to the woman and her birth partner or partners, explaining that a lot of people are going to descend into the room and that it's not scary, it's because you need extra hands to deal with whatever problem has arisen. And if you're a pregnant woman or partner, when surrounded by a sudden flood of staff, don't be afraid. This is what we've trained for. Imagine it's a bit like a SWAT team rescue that you see on the TV. We've drilled and trained for this. Each person has a role and we're there to click into action to keep you and your baby safe. And if you hear an emergency buzzer and a staff member is talking to you and their bleep goes off fast bleeping and talking and they run off mid-sentence, forgive us because that is what we're doing. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of The Obs Pod. Feel free to contact me on Twitter at FWMaternity or at The Obs Pod to ask me questions, give me topics for future episodes or let me know what you think. It's absolutely fantastic when you get in touch. I really enjoy reading your comments. As usual, I've tried to include in the programme notes some extra reading about this particular topic, both for professionals working in maternity care and for pregnant women using services. I'd like to reassure you that although I'm talking about my experiences working in maternity care, I take confidentiality very seriously and do not give any personal information about any of my patients. If you've enjoyed listening, I'd love you to recommend the OBSPOD to friends or colleagues. And please do leave me a review on whichever podcast directory you find my episodes. Many thanks for listening.